Teal Talk Radio, Season 5, Episode 28. Welcome to Season 5, Episode 28 of TL Talk Radio, a regular podcast with Lynn Funy-Hatton and Randy Ziegenfuss, where our goal is to engage you in learning, motivate you to share your work, and inspire you to lead for the change we need in schools for the digital age. I'm Randy Ziegenfuss. And I'm Lynn Funy-Hatton. Good afternoon, Randy. Good afternoon. So, really interesting topic today. Um, as a parent of a, a now 16-year-old who would spend as much time on esports as possible, um, today we're speaking with Steve Isaacs about esports and education. And Steve's an educator with over 25 years of experience. He's a leader in the area of game-based learning, and he's been teaching game design and development. He's an ed tech influencer and community builder, as well as a producer of Mindfair, a massive Minecraft fan experience. So welcome to the show, Steve. Thanks, Randy. Thanks for having me, Lynn. All right. So to kick off our conversation, let's start with a personal story about how you got connected to this idea of esports and education. Wow. So I guess I could go way back. Um, about 20 years ago, um, my wife and I opened a computer training and gaming center. So the on weekends, we were open as like a LAN center where kids came in and played multiplayer games against each other on our network. Uh, and it was really very cool to see these kids find a, you know, their affinity space and a place that they could hang out and, you know, enjoy their, they were passionate about games, but here they weren't, you know, isolated playing and they had this common place to play. Uh, at that time, you know, what well, esports wasn't what it is today. There were certainly like tournaments and we would do in-house tournaments and things like that. So the writing was on the wall. But, uh, you know, then I think as I got into, you know, it, it might have been a little felt like a little harder sell in public education. Uh, but then when we started seeing, you know, scholarships start to be awarded and you had these great news articles, I mean, that was when it was the right time to say, hey, let's pay some attention to this. Uh, it's a huge industry. Look at all the ancillary roles that could come out of this. And you know, look at how, you know, how the viewership of these, you know, professional events and, you know, it really started to show that, you know, esports had arrived. Um, so, you know, it was, uh, I would say it was a long time coming, really. Mm -hmm. So let's talk a little bit more about what is esports, you know, um, what yeah. is it, you know, why should we be interested in learning more about esports in education? Great question. So, uh, so esports, you know, at the core is really competitive gaming. Uh, so, you know, you take, like, there's so many games that kids are playing now that are, you know, competitive, even when they're just playing casually. But when we take that to a next level, and, um, you know, important to, to note a few things when we're talking about it, and I think this might be why the term sport is thrown into the name as well, is that we're talking about, you know, a level of play that is, you know, far beyond just, you know, kids getting together playing casually. Uh, so it really takes into account all of the important elements that you might think of when you think of sports. Practice is key. Um, you know, if you're really going to run a successful esports program, you're going to hopefully treat it like, you know, like any sporting activity. Uh, one of my goals, quite honestly, is that we really soon get to see esports on the level of, you know, being like a, a varsity sport in schools and get the same kind of attention, the same kind of funding and all that. Um you know, so we're talking about coaching, we're talking about, 
um, analyzing film and really breaking it down. So we're, we're, you know, talking about competitive gaming on a, you know, on a level that is, you know, really, really, you know, getting to that point. Like, in other words, with, you know, football, you're not going to just go out and be the star quarterback with esports. It's very much the same. It's going to take a lot of effort, a lot of skill uh, and all that. So, you know, that's kind of where I guess it would land is that it's really competitive gaming. Um, But what's so neat is that there are so many other aspects that are getting a lot of attention in terms of, you know, almost cross-curricular in that just like a sport might have a manager that's not an expert player, but can take statistics and do all these things, you would have those same roles in esports. Uh, commentating or shoutcasting is one of the things you would do in an esports environment where kids are actually learning that kind of play by play. And that's not easy. Uh, you know, I, I don't think I could do that for a fast paced game like, you know, Rocket League or Overwatch or, or what have you. So there are a lot of different components that play into it, which makes it kind of nice because it's competitive for the player, but it also brings other interested people into the mix uh, with other areas that they could focus on. Mm-hmm. So if, if I'm a school administrator, maybe a principal and um, some kids or uh, a teacher comes to me and wants to start an e-sports club, um, mm-hmm. what kinds of knowledge, skills, and dispositions are kids developing as a result of uh, participating in an e-sports club? Yeah, that's a great question. So the a lot. <laughs> so again, when we talk about the the discipline and such, you know, for the the players, let's focus on the players first. You know, there's the again the the commitment, the practice, um, the the increasing you know skills, like really really honing those skills and taking this seriously. Um, uh, collaboration and communication. If you've ever seen a professional esports team or a you know, or a middle school or high school esports team, um, the the members of the team are communicating at a, a very advanced and important level, just like, again, you would on the soccer field, right? Um, so I've heard my kids, you know, you know, just the, a language you might not even understand because they're talking about, you know, uh, <laughs> take the lane, do this, you know, take the forest, whatever, all these things, but they know what they're talking about and they're working together uh, so in the team-based ones, you know, you have all the teamwork and all of that. Uh, and again, there are a lot of curricular tie-ins that are very interesting. Like um, one of the organizations I, I really am fond of is NACEF or the North American Scholastic Esports Federation. And what they did was they developed a full four-year language arts curriculum that is all based on esports so or gaming. So kids that are actually in that class are doing like whether it be almost like journalism or analysis and writing based on a topic that they're excited about. Um, so it's, you know, hitting all of the standards, but in an area that the kids that are involved in that are, you know, kind of learning and also becoming part of this ecosystem. Uh, there are many schools where their video production, you know, department can get involved when it comes to video editing. And again, you know, I'd mentioned shoutcasting before or even streaming the live events, uh, we did one recently that uh, I'll probably, you know, hopefully I'll give you a link to um, to show it. But we had a professional shoutcaster uh, named Topher James, um, who also actually has a college level course on shoutcasting, um, and he he did the play by play with somebody else for our entire four matches against another school. And when you watch it, you know, it's like watching a 
you know, a professional uh, sporting event on TV. Pretty, pretty impressive. And then kids that want to learn about shoutcasting, you know, things like that serve as a great model. Um, and then there's also everything like you can get into web design and marketing. All of these aspects, you know, are, are the things I'm commonly hearing schools getting involved with to expand the scope of, of, of what's, you know, part of that overall, you know, like esports, you know, community or ecosystem. So what are what are some of the model programs that that you admire around the the country that you're yeah. uh, sort of stoking your curiosity by connecting with? Right. So so the one I mentioned a minute ago, NACEF, um, I really love them because what they're doing, they're doing a lot of things right. So they they're an organization that sets up leagues for for students. So we and last year what they did was in Southern California, they got about 20 schools involved. So they really worked hard to get 20 school districts on board to be part of their first league. Um, so originally it was, you know, focused on Southern California. Then, and they they have funding, which is wonderful. They're not charging for their services. Um, and what they also have, which is really neat, is they're tied in, well, they're, they're very well connected with, um, or even part of the, the University of California at Irvine esports program on the college level. So I would say they're one that I model after also. Uh, and, and tied in with the the UCI, the UCI program is um, are people like Mimi Ito and Katie Salen who are and also gosh Constance Steinkuhler and Kurt Squire, all you know wonderful people in both game based learning and now esports. Um, and Connected Camps is an organization that comes out of there as well. So that's a that's an organization that's interesting because it's a, a big part of what they do is they do after school Minecraft camps that are facilitated online and whatnot. But what Connected Camps uh, was able to do to tie in with esports is they started a program for coaching. So they have coaches that they, so they provide coaches to schools around the country to uh, actually work with kids, typically or often remotely to both do some coaching, you know, online, as well as to analyze and, you know, and and give feedback based on on viewing their recordings. So we at our high school um, started a club, uh, an esports club, and we're competing in the NACEF League of Legends League currently. And we were provided with a coach from Connected Camp. So we have a coach that's uh, working with us, which is just fantastic. And another program that that I really like to share about uh, because we've been tied in with them is. Uh, Fairhaven Schools, which is here in New Jersey. I don't know if you're familiar with Chris Aviles, but um, but Chris, uh, he went through. So it's kind of interesting. I like to share this part of the story too. My school, my middle school, anyway, started with a game, uh, a game club. You know, my idea: let's have an inclusive community of kids that want to play games and all that kind of stuff, right? Um, and I knew I wanted esports to come out of that. So when I originally launched the club. Part of it was talking about how we were going to strive towards competitive gaming as well. Well, in my case, it was very heavy on the casual gaming part. Chris over in Fairhaven um, knew right out of the gate that he wanted to start a competitive esports program. And he spent, I believe, about 18 months, you know, kind of, um, you know, dealing with the Board of Ed and all sorts of other things to try to get his club off the ground. Um, definitely ran into some adversity in terms of what games they wanted to play and things like that. Um, finally did settle on Rocket League, which 
if you're not for the audience anyway, who's not familiar, Rocket League is like car soccer. So it's this fast paced, really fun game that is a hybrid between racing cars around, but really trying to get the ball in the goal. Um, and it's team based, generally played three versus three. So Chris got that started and, and got, you know, a team that was doing everything that you should do, practicing regularly, analyzing tape. Um, he got involved with Rutgers, the Rutgers eSports program uh, for coaching and and things like that. And they're very involved with his program. Uh, and then he had reached out to me and some other people and said, hey, you know, we need to start playing other schools. So once I brought up to my students that we had an opportunity to play against other schools in Rocket League, then all of a sudden the interest in Rocket League, you know, uh, really ramped up. So we had one match against them so far, really um, four teams from here played four of his teams. And it was a phenomenal event, uh, really exciting. He had a lot of people there spectating. I had a huge lab full um, of kids in here spectating and cheering and got everything you want to see in a, in a sporting event, right? We had, you know, school, uh, you know, spirit. We had, you know, camaraderie. The, you know, some of the kids became heroes by the end of the day as they were really doing well and, and got that kind of notoriety. Um, but Chris, I give a lot of credit to because he, through his school, really made sure it kind of went along the lines of what, you know, an esports program should be. And, and it's middle school. So there's not a whole lot yet in middle school. High school, you'll see a lot. There's uh, other organizations for high school esports and things. Middle school, we're really kind of trying to break ground here. So, um, you know, those are a couple of programs that are definitely worth looking into and following. Mm-hmm. So it sounds very exciting. Um, what what do you think is the future of esports? Where's it going to be five, ten years from now? I I hope that schools have you know somewhat of a of a legitimate esports arena. Um, I would like like to see kids spectating. You know, coming to I want to go to the match this afternoon, and you know whether I have to pay five dollars to get in and cheer for my team. You know, so be it. Um, Perhaps that'll also bring more, like right now we're doing a lot of remote stuff. There's still a good argument for bringing the schools together to compete in one place. Um, I'd like to see more of that, especially on the like regional and playoff and finals level. Uh, So yeah, a lot of, I want to see more attention. I want to see it really, and it is really on the horizon because we're not there yet. I really want to see schools treat esports as part of their varsity program. I want to, you know, I want kids to get a varsity letter or whatever you want to call it. Um, and it should be a varsity letter if that's the, you know, what's comparable. And I want them to, uh, you know, it, it, what, what's so neat about this is that, you know, some of these kids are so incredibly talented and they might even be doing really well out in like online competitions, but nobody in their immediate community might know how good they are. And we got to already see that in that one event where people are now like, you know, kind of like, you know, like this one, a couple of kids in particular that now, you know, have some street cred for their, uh, you know, their, their great ability. Um, so I really want to see all of that. Uh, and who knows, we might, if you're talking future, I mean, there are a lot of opportunities for VR to come into the esports uh, scene and you're already seeing that a little bit, but, uh, but yeah, definitely I want to see it on that level where uh, people are coming to watch parents are coming to watch their kids play you know all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, as a parent of a of a esport <laughs> child, I can certainly say I've seen the knowledge, skills, and dispositions in action 
the spreadsheets, the team ranking Google Drive uh, folders and sheets where they're sharing data, even things as simple as knowing the time zone difference around the world because they're playing with with kids around the world. I mean, there's so many things that you can share um, about this. is your district, does your district have an esports program? No, currently? no, this is no. my son personally. And okay, you know, right. nor does his school or, or nor do, right. nor am I really aware of any schools in our area that yeah. have something like that. I mean, chess and every other game you could think of, but exactly. not and the another, game. You know, another interesting thing that I think we really need to look at is in that situation, like your, your son is, is probably is, you know, I'm sure doing great things and whatnot. And it's really awesome. But, but that's all right, like outside of school, mm-hmm. un- somewhat unsupervised, right? I think when we bring it into school, it allows us to address some of the the um, overriding concerns too. Like there's, you know, League of Legends, which is one of the most popular mm-hmm. competitive, has a reputation, unfortunately, of a toxic online environment where, you know, if you're not really good and you're playing, and I've had this because I'm not very good, people will give you a lot of grief and be downright mean, nasty, what have you online. And when our kids are just playing at home, they're sort of victim to this without necessarily having the ability to, you know, sort of debrief, Uh, you know, they might not come to us. Um, In school, we can actually talk about the toxicity, we could talk about sportsmanship and what's so important. And in a school league, we can really truly model good sportsmanship Mm -hmm. and what's important. And at that level, I mean, I'm an optimist. I would like to think we could change the the culture of gaming if we really are kind of modeling that. I mean, in a school league, nobody would tolerate that, right? Like mm-hmm. if I was com- like outright nasty to another student, there would be some kind of penalty or what have you. Sure. Um, so I think we have a great opportunity there. And I think we often, you know, miss this opportunity because we're almost afraid like we'd you know, there's liability involved, right? Like if it happens in school, then we feel liable. So we might not want to have the risk, the op- the possibility of that happening. So instead we send kids home and we don't protect them, but at least, you know, in this demented, you know, way, we feel it's not on our dime. So we're not liable, you know? So I want to change that attitude. That's That's really important to me to be able to, you know, be there for the kids and protect them and, 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 you know, help them help them navigate mm-hmm. these things. And admittedly, I've more than once said to my son, Matthew, <laughs> you know, just the tone conveys not nice, yeah. like play nicely. So- oh, good. Well, he's, so, but there you're at least doing that, right? Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of place times where that's not sure. happening. Um, so I commend you. It's, it's hard not having- to hear it sometimes. <laughs> right. Well, it's good that you're you're close enough that you're hearing yes. it. I think or he's he, loud enough. One of those yeah, two yeah. things. No, good for you. I think that helps a whole lot as well. So you have a Twitter chat, right? Tell we us do. more about that. So we have uh, actually a couple of things. We have a Twitter chat, which is um, the eSports EDU hashtag, um, eSports EDU. And that's on Thursday nights at 7.30, from 7.30 to 8 p.m. each week. Uh, it's just a half-hour chat. Uh, a lot of chats, um, you know, I'm involved in a lot of chats, and a lot of them feel like we need to have, like, you know, five questions in a half hour and this and that. We've decided with this one, you know, our real goal is to bring people together and allow for conversation. So we typically have one topic 
each week and we just kind of spend the half hour chatting about that topic. And trust me, plenty comes out, you know, about questions and, and, you know, connections around it. Um, and then once a month, we even have it be an open chat where the questions are supposed to come from the community. So, you know, bring your questions. Uh, but aside from that, and what's actually gained even more traction, we have a discord community. Um, for anybody who plays games, discord is where the gamers hang out. It's like they're, you know, it's a, a chat environment. Um, and we have a, an eSports EDU server, you know, that we we manage. Um, and that has hundreds of people involved. So that's a place where people can share resources. Some of them are matchmaking, like a middle school that wants to play another middle school. Um, we have channels for middle school, high school, college. Um, you know, and all these players I talked about, like NASEP is very involved in our Discord channel. Some of the other organizations mm -hmm. like Play Versus and High School Esports League. So we have a great community of stakeholders there that are all different people that are, you know, interested in the space, including students and such. Great. Thank you. Well, it's an interesting topic. And so mm -hmm. as we wrap up this interview, um, we've ended all our podcasts this season with some sort of uh, speed round questions, lightning round questions. Now, you right. may have already answered some of these along the way, so feel free to repeat or maybe offer sure. some other uh, resources as well. So first question, who is one expert our listeners should connect with to learn more about eSports? So I, I'm not good at giving one, but uh, one I'll, I'll say Chris Haskell is at uh, the University of uh, Boise. Uh, he's definitely worth connecting with. Samantha Anton is the C... OO, I think, of NACEF, uh, the North American Scholastic Esports Federation. And Chris Aviles, um, Teched Up Teacher, is his Twitter. And he's the middle school teacher I was talking about right here in New Jersey. So and gosh, I could go on and on, but yes, at least those. So, so lots of connections there. Good. We'll make sure those yeah. are in the show notes as well. How about a book? Any Anyone writing about this? Well, you know, that's funny. Um, <laughs> Uh, stay tuned. Um, you know, there's 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 talk of, of books and such. I don't know what's available right now, um, but when I think of, of of books to recommend, going off the script of esports, I mean, I have to always give a nod for Ready Player One. Not the movie necessarily, but the book is phenomenal. But uh, I believe there will be some some uh, good, you know, kind of down home books on getting started with esports, you know, coming out. Could future. one of those authors be you? I, there's, <laughs> not there's telling. Talk. We'll see. We'll see. I, you know, I really nothing, nothing. <laughs> Bad solid, Randy. People have been planting a seed in my head, and and it, of all things, it would be one of the things I would be very pleased to write about because I think it would be very practical in the way it could be delivered. You know, and I think there's just a lot to tie together that in one nice package might be nice. So, how do you keep learning and growing in in this area of esports? Who do you access? What sort of yeah. places? So our, like I say, our Discord channel is tremendous for that. So like any, I mean, there's so much conversation going on there. The online community, you know, Twitter has been the best thing for me for making connections for years, uh, you know, and conferences and just being like, when I go to, I, I've been lucky enough, like when we went to, my family went to LA last year. So I visited the University of California, Irvine, their esports arena. And that was awesome. So it all gives you, it starts to tie things together. Um, I was able to uh, to visit the uh, Hawaii Pacific University esports arena. Um, so there are just people all around that are doing great things. And I think just being immersed in that environment, you know, opens up a lot of these conversations. And that NACEF group, I mean, they 
have, you know, it's, it's really becomes about trying not to, you know, reinvent the wheel. And, and fortunately there are people that have known how important it is and how much other teachers need in terms of resources. So those resources are out there, but there's been a, you know, it's been a, it's really community all around in terms of, of, you know, benefiting from what others are doing. So an emerging field, and you've shared lots of resources with us, and we'll make sure those are in our show notes as well. Thanks. So what's next for you, Steve? What are you working on now that you'd like to share? Yeah, so one of the real exciting things for, for the last couple of years, I've been working on uh, with with XR or, or virtual reality, mixed reality, augmented reality. And one of the things I'm involved in right now with the Games for Change organization and um, the Institute of Play is and Verizon is we're involved in a grant where we're going to bring a number of um, hackathons, uh, virtual reality or augmented reality hackathons to middle school students in underserved areas uh, across the country. So I believe we'll have at least 10 of these hackathons in the next, like, say, year or 18 months, and then it'll expand a little beyond that. And then we're writing curriculum that um, hopefully people who would want to run these would have the resources as well. So that's a real exciting project that I'm involved in. So thanks so much for joining us, Steve. To learn more about Steve's work, you can visit some of the links in the show notes. We have those experts he added um, and some great resources to visit and learn more about eSports. Each episode, we leave you with a question to think about with the idea of provoking reflection and conversation. This episode's question, how might eSports fit into your vision for teaching and learning? If you've enjoyed this episode, would like to comment or check out the resources that Steve shared, visit the show notes at tltalkradio.org and look for Season 5, Episode 28. That's all for now. We'll be back soon with more conversations featuring other innovative thought leaders. Thanks again, Steve. Thanks, Steve. Bye-bye. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks.